0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 15 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and as always, still, yet to be unbroken, <laughs> I'm with my good friend Dave Hogue. How Hello. are you, sir?
1: I'm doing very well, and I'm glad to be back here again.
0: Yeah, we're a little late this week, but, you know, we're here, that's what counts. Yes. Dave, how, how are you feeling now that one of your children has escaped the grasps of high school? <laughs> uh,
1: well, she graduated yesterday, and I'm... Um, very excited for her. I, I will probably be sad when she actually leaves. I'm not so sad right now. If anything, I get choked up over um, just how well she has turned out, <laughs> despite her dad and her mom. So, um, yeah, I just sometimes can't believe how what an awesome individual she is, and uh, God gets the credit for that, so... Yeah, very proud of her and incredibly impressed with how mature uh, she is for someone of her age. So, on to exciting things in the next chapter in her life.
0: Yeah, very good. So, we have a special announcement, too, for next week. Our next episode is going to be a bit different. We're going to take a break from Matthew, just for one week. We'll, we'll be back. And we're going to do a live Q&A sort of thing on Periscope next week. So our actual episode, we'll record the audio like a normal podcast, but if you want to be part of it and you want to be asking questions or listening live, um, we'll be on Periscope. But we're going to be doing it Sunday, May 24th, at 2 p.m. Central-ish. Ish,
1: Ish, yes. Somewhere
0: around (laughs) 2 o'clock. And you can find the link to the live stream of the video on periscope on twitter if you follow uh, our twitter account at masterclassfm we will send the link out when we are live and then anyone who wants to ask us questions can ask us questions dave what might they ask those questions about
1: they can i'm open to them asking questions about anything they want to ask about uh our general focus is what jesus had to say and how that has an impact on our life today but um I guess everything and anything that we do in life should be impacted by something that Jesus said. So um, that, you know, sort of whether we wear boxers or briefs probably has <laughs> <laughs> uh, some sort of, you know, implication for our lives. So yeah, I, just how, how do we, how do we try to strive after the life that God has for us?
0: Cool. Sunday, May 24th. 2 o'clock Central. We hope to see you there.
1: Yes, and I'm hoping that we have some people that we have no idea who they are and folks from around the world that will ask us some questions. It should
0: be fun. All right. Should we dive into follow-up, Dave? Absolutely. All right. So, I was talking to my mom this week, because I'm a good kid and still call my mom, and uh, she says that I'm too hard to hear, and that I mumble a lot. And that's true, and I get excited. I, I listen back to a few episodes... And there's certain times when I'm getting kind of uh, energetic that I just cut words off in the middle and don't even finish the word so I can keep saying what's coming next. And uh, I don't know if just my mouth moves too slow to keep up with my brain or what, but I tend to mumble and cut words off, so I apologize and thank you, Mom, for (laughs) telling me that I need to enunciate more clearly and project my voice. Um, But on a more serious note... It turns out that, um, while I knew this all along, Dave is a very smart individual, because another very smart individual agrees with Dave uh, on a very important topic. Uh, when we were t- uh, first discussing the uh, Lord's Prayer two episodes ago, would be episode 13, when we did the first half of the prayer, Dave um, made the comment about um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will you, That. oh my goodness, <laughs> Your will be, your kingdom come, your will be done um said that pretty much that prayer covers about everything that you could ever possibly pray about. And so, uh, D. Martin Lloyd Jones had this to say. Any man who attempts to preach on the Lord's prayer must surely find himself in great difficulties. There is a sense in which it is almost presumption to preach on it at all. One should simply repeat these phrases and meditate upon them and consider them for the heart, for they themselves say everything, and the more I study this prayer, the more I believe that if only one used these phrases as, as our Lord intended them to be used. There's really nothing more to be said. So I just thought it was, as I was reading through that, um, doing some research for this episode, I, I came across that quote and just wanted to let you know that you're a very smart man, Dave. I'm,
1: I'm guessing <laughs> I must have read it somewhere somewhere along the line and thought it was an original thought. So He must have been quoted. Because I haven't read Lloyd-Jones, so I must have quoted him in another book.
0: I really want to know what the D in his name stands for. (laughs) D. Martin. Because he's got three first names, but two of which are hyphenated into a last name. That's just just an odd, like Dennis or something like that. But anyhow, shall we move on to the next follow-up segment? Sure. All right, so we have an anonymous friend who we dubbed Jerome a couple episodes ago when he wrote in, and he has written in again uh, with some comments on our discussion of divorce and domestic violence from episodes uh, eight and nine. And so he had two things to say. Uh, the first thing he had to say was specifically about domestic violence. He said, Domestic violence is clearly an instance in which divorce is okay. If God doesn't desire a woman who is being physically or even emotionally abused to get out of that relationship for her sake and possibly for her kid's sake, then I want nothing to do with God. Dave, what say you?
1: Uh, I, I would have to say that if I was giving general blanket advice when it comes to domestic violence, I would agree with that. I would agree that, um, God does not want us to be physically or emotionally abused, especially uh, when it comes to such an intimate relationship as marriage is intended to be, uh, on a Broader level, I I guess I would say that there everybody is still individually accountable for God, and I think that in an individual that ha- that is in that relationship. Uh, and again, this is such a this is such a heavy heavy topic, uh, and I'm not taking this answer lightly, and uh, I hope people hear it in the 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 vein, the, the, my intent, the heart that I'm saying this is that an individual that is contemplating leaving a marriage for any kind of domestic abuse really needs to go before God and be sure that that is what God is asking for them. Because I think the Bible is full of examples, maybe not necessarily domestic violence specific, of people suffering and um, remaining in a situation that is less than ideal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you to say, I, I guess the thing is, is God is bigger than all of us and his plan far outreaches what, um, well, you know, one of the ones that's coming to my mind right now that I, and I can't totally, um, speak to specifics on this, but, uh, if anybody read the book Unbroken, mm-hmm. the main person in that, um, was in a domestic uh, he was abusive to his wife and she i believe was the recipient of things that really had nothing to do with her he was still dealing with wounds and injuries emotional physical abuse that he dealt with uh during uh captivity as a prisoner of war during world war ii and she continued to pray for him and pray for him and pray for him Mm -hmm and on the other side of it well he went to a Billy Graham crusade he got saved at a Billy Graham crusade spent the second half of his life as a Christian and as somebody who uh, proclaimed the gospel to the world and had his wife given up on him and not prayed for his salvation and remained in a relationship that was abusive he may not have come to know God Mm -hmm. now again I think God is a big God and his plan will supersede our plans But I would say that there's a concrete example of um, somebody that was faithful to God and continued to pray through something like that and was rewarded for that. God was glorified in that. And uh, I'm sure people are hearing this going, I can't believe that he would ever tell somebody to remain in that kind of a relationship. But ultimately, you need to seek God and then the counsel of other Christians that can kind of help guide you through that of, you no, know, you need to get out of that relationship. This is not healthy. Leave it. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, if if this is what you feel like God is calling you to, we're going to continue to pray about it. And I know we may be coming up to this. Um, and we've, we've mentioned Dallas Willard many, many times on this uh, podcast, uh, but... Um, spiritual disciplines, I think, come into play here. I think uh, fasting through a decision like this would be incredibly important. Uh, You know, really doing those things of spending time with God, wanting to hear um, from Him. So I know that's a long-winded answer. Um, And again, I think even in our world today, there's plenty examples of suffering that's going on that God could just take away, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but He doesn't do it. So to say that god would never ask somebody to stay in that i guess that's probably my short answer to say that god would never ask somebody to stay in that relationship i don't know that i totally agree with that but as a blanket statement yes you should get us out of domestic violence out from under it as quickly as you can
0: all right and he had one more uh question he said you guys did an awesome job discussing the problem that society has caused by devaluing marriage kudos for that but I'm not sure I heard you discuss what to do with Christians who were divorced, are remarried to other people, and are in the church. I think there are a lot of passages in the Bible that condemn this, but many churches are welcoming these people with open arms. Any thoughts? And he says, my two cents is that I think it's great these people can find a safe home in a church now, but I fully admit that I may run contrary to some scriptural passages. Um, and so I did a little research um, about the whole divorce and remarriage stuff that, that the Bible says um and i found it in the esv study bible they've got a huge white paper on uh, biblical ethics and part of acid divorce and remarriage and it says in addition to the grounds of sexual immorality uh, or desertion by an unbelieving spouse are there any other legitimate biblical grounds for divorce Some interpreters have argued that repeated instances of physical abuse should be seen as an additional legitimate ground for divorce, which we just talked about. Others would respond that many other means should be used to bring the abuse to immediate halt, including separation, um, church discipline, confrontation, counseling, police action, yada, 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 yada. Um, Some others uh, have argued that... um, a prominent school of rabbinic interpretation in the time of Jesus allowed divorce in cases where a husband did not provide enough material or emotional support to his wife. This is based on interpretation of the law concerning the slave woman in Exodus 21. Um, since Jesus did not explicitly correct his view, they argued that he must have allowed legit- le- the legitimacy of uh, other kinds of divorces. But an argument from what Jesus did not say is of dubious validity, especially since Jesus' words, whoever divorces his wife are so extensive in scope and seem to rule out additional exceptions not specified in the Bible itself. Yeah, the whole arguing from what Jesus did not say. Not good. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus didn't say, I shouldn't smoke pot. So clearly I should. Yeah. Anyhow, um, what should be done if someone has been divorced for other reasons than those given in the Bible, and this is where we get to Martin's question specifically, and then has married someone else. Jesus says that in such a case, the person has committed adultery, so the marriage began in adultery. But when Jesus says, and marries another, in that same verse, he implies that the second marriage is in fact a true marriage. Jesus does not say, and lives outside of marriage with another, um, but and marries another. Therefore, once a second marriage has occurred, it would be further sin to break it up for it would be destroying another marriage second marriage should not be thought of as continually living in adultery for the man and woman are married to each other not to anyone else the responsibility of the husband and wife in such a case is to ask god for his forgiveness for previous sin and then for his blessing on the current marriage and to strive to make the current marriage a good and lasting one so i think there's often some possible misinterpretations of Jesus' words there and i think that might have been what um Jerome was getting to when he um, said I'm not sure or I think there are a lot of passages in the Bible that condemn this but many churches are welcoming them with open arms and I think this kind of sums it up nicely that yes the first divorce probably unless it was for a biblical reason is sin but they are now married and they are now in, in a cover a relationship so why wouldn't the church accept them and try and help them make that marriage a God-honoring marriage Yeah, so I think I mean, you you obviously want to um, address what caused the first marriage to go awry um, and, you know, strive to make the current marriage one that will glorify God. And the church can play a big part in that, in helping solidify that marriage.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, um, the church should be where sinners belong. I mean, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. That's why I go to church. That's why I feel, you know... Um, so, I I guess, yeah, I, I, I'm a believer that the that the doors of the church should be much wider than they are. Uh, we can go on that tangent, but I'm not going to. So, I think everybody should always feel welcome uh, at a church. Because, then first and foremost, it's it's getting people in contact with God, in contact with their Savior um, and then in contact or in community. And so to tell somebody that they would not be welcome, not, yeah, not a good, not a good thing. And then, yeah, I, I just, um, I think it's that, uh, there's a broader sense of, um, uh, just divorcing to divorce and there not being a whole lot of substance behind that. And, Um, God can heal so many wounds and uh, make people whole again and I do think yes like you said that the the new marriage is a valid marriage and that staying in that marriage is what glorifies God not (laughs) breaking that marriage apart so
0: alright well that's it for follow up then Uh, we would love to hear from you guys Um, and if you're not current with the podcast that's okay we just did follow up from episodes eight, and nine, and this is episode 15. So we are, we would love to hear your thoughts, whether it's about episode one or this current episode. Um, but we really would love to hear your thoughts and we'd like to engage with you, um, in these things, because what we're discussing is really important stuff and we want to know the best way to follow Christ. And guess what? Me and Dave don't know the best way. <laughs> We, we just happen to have a microphone. It doesn't mean that we're right. right. Um, and we, we, we want to we wanna meet new people and we want to talk to you about the stuff. So please uh, get in contact uh, over Twitter. You can find us at masterclass FM or uh, email masterclassfm at gmail.com if you have something that's a little bit longer than Twitter allows for. Uh, we also have a Facebook page if you like Facebook facebook.com slash masterclass fm and you can find the show notes for what we're about to discuss at masterclass slash masterclass slash one five or 15 for those of you in the know <laughs> all right dave will you do us the honors
1: i i will and that's i, I guess the other thing i do just want to say is that um i hope even when we've addressed follow-up we've come across as con- contemplating what somebody has presented to us and that uh, never just trying to defend what we've said. Because uh, truly, if, if we're, we're incorrect or don't, um, it's okay to disagree. Um, and then would also encourage people to, I don't think anybody that's listening is only relying on us for their <laughs> input on what Jesus said. Um, obviously, read the Bible yourself be a part of a Christian based or a, a Bible-based church that seeks to glorify God so yes I will now uh, read the text uh, Matthew 6 14 through 15 so we're just at the end of uh, the Lord's Prayer um, so the, so technically the Lord's prayer is ended and these are the following two verses after the Lord's Prayer for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will the Father, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses.
0: All right. So that seems like a really tricky piece of uh, scripture. But before we directly address that, I did want to ask, what about the uh, the ending that is often added to the Lord's Prayer? For thine is the kingdom, and the glory, and the power, forever and ever. Amen. What should we do with that part? Because that's not in Matthew. No, it's, it's not, not there. It's it's just <laughs> missing. Yes. Um, so what are your thoughts on that ending that uh, is is missing from this version of prayer? Uh,
1: one, I think it is theologically sound. I don't I don't think anybody should have any issue with that. Uh, no surprise since it's in it's well no, uh, it's not in the Bible directly as those words are said. Uh, but I do think it's biblical, and I think it is First Chronicles 29. Yeah, First Chronicles 29. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start uh, with verse 10. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever, and ever, uh, verse 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. I think the elements of that those, that sentence that we say at the end of the Lord's Prayer are really kind of summed up in there in terms of uh, yours is the, the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. So, um, I don't know the history of when it got added. I honestly don't. Um, but um, I do, like I said, those two things. I think it's theologically sound, and then I think you can even say that it is biblical in terms of uh, it doesn't say anything that that we don't see elsewhere in Scripture.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I agree with you, and I also think it's a nice way to uh, kind of refocus on God. Like if you look at the the prayer, the first part is about God mm-hmm. and how, you know, good he is, and, and then the second part is about us. And then by adding this part at the end, you're kind of sandwiching, you know, the daily bread and, and um, forgiving of others with the reminders of how good and, and awesome God is. Um, plus you don't get to say thine very often. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right next question that went way quicker than I thought it was going to Dave oh really <laughs> well done well done sir all right so based on the verses that we just read verses 14 and 15 uh I have this question does God's forgiveness of us depend on our forgiveness of others
1: uh well on on uh, reading this that's what it sounds like to me Um, So if we forgive others, our Heavenly Father will forgive us. But if we do not forgive others, then neither will our Father forgive us. Uh, I don't think this is a salvation issue. I do believe that our salvation is... Our sins are forgiven. Uh, On a broad... You know, we are sinners. We live... You know, we're talking about sin. Mm-hmm. You know, not like sins singular, but sin that is present in us. So our sin is forgiven. Um, I um, and I think God teaches us things over the course of our life and reveals uh, elements of who He is and desires for us and. Uh, just, well, like we've talked about from the beginning, it, it is a relationship. My wife and I have been married for 21 years, and we are still learning things about each other. You know, as you spend time, uh, hopefully you don't reach a point where you know everything you can possibly know about another human being. Uh, and if we are in a relationship with an infinite God, then certainly we wouldn't know everything about Him. And so, um, I think... Um, the sin that we deal with, if you come to a point in your life where you have conquered it, or it may not be the prevailing, um, you know, it, as, as a 10-year-old, you know, or even in junior high, I just lied all the time, you know, just just lie, 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 lie. And as I became a Christian and I got deeper into my faith, uh, that was something that he worked on in me and removed the lying. And certainly I still lie and have that temptation, but it is not that daily consuming thing for me of, oh, I really need to make an effort not to lie. I feel like it's become a, a core element of who I am and that I, I, I feel kind of a discomfort when I lie. Like I don't like doing it the way I liked doing it when I was <laughs> in junior high. And so I think it is kind of that element of... Um, a very specific sin in terms of God is, you know, the example of a financial debt being forgiven that we've referenced before of, you know, I've had $10,000 forgiven for me, but then I go after the guy that owes me 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I think I've negated that $10,000 forgiveness and there's going to be consequences for me. So very long winded here. I think it is kind of that whole Um, the way you judge others, you are going to also be judged. And it's a specific to what he is revealing to us, what he's working on with us in our lives. And so, um, and again, I I know I talk about marriage a lot because it's a big piece of my um, uh, view of how I view my relationship with God of just... um, I would never fathom not forgiving my wife for something that I would want her to forgive me for. And so that's kind of, I guess, how I sum it up. Mm-hmm. I just, I think we're talking about specific acts here, or that God, Jesus is talking about specific. So, what do you say? Do you agree with this? Well, disagree? I was just going to blatantly disagree <laughs> with you when
0: you first started talking, but now you've, <laughs> you've made me think, Dave. I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> um. I think if you were to just read these two verses and not know anything else about who Jesus is, what Jesus did, Mm -hmm. why God had him do it, um, it would be very easy to go, oh, well, as long as I forgive other people, then God will forgive me and that's it. And I think that incorrectly, um, positions you to where you could think that, well, my, my salvation is like i am i am bringing it about because i am going to forgive other people so god's gonna forgive me my sins because of what i've done like i've earned it right and that is not correct and that is not sure. biblical and that's a very um yeah it's just wrong mm-hmm. um so when i read this knowing that i don't earn my salvation right yeah um well, I'll, I'll read what uh, ESV study Bible said. It says Jesus reemphasizes the importance of forgiving others, indicating that there is a direct relationship between having been forgiven by God and the forgiveness that his disciples oh, and the forgiveness that his disciples of necessity oh, yeah, must extend to others. I think that's a cheap uh, cop out, that answer cuz you read this verse and it's just like, oh yeah, he's just reemphasizing how important forgiveness is. We're forgiven by God, so therefore we go forgive other people. But if you read it, it says if you forgive other people, then God will do it. It's right. Yeah. So they I think they kind of take they kind of cop out with their answer. Like mm-hmm. it's just this little like half a paragraph blur and I'm like there's a I find these passages much more troubling than their answer it seems to have
1: oh yeah given me and, and I'll even tell you this, I, I feel like I give an answer, but even as I'm saying it, I'm like, I, there's just, I feel like I have a, an inability to truly encompass the depth and the breadth of what God is saying here. And I think maybe, um, I guess what I, how I would say it is, is if you have a, a hidden unforgiveness you know, like you're not even aware that you need to forgive those people. Um, that's not going to negate your salvation sort of a thing, you know, just because we don't address every forgiveness that we need to. But certainly if God has laid something upon your heart or you're aware of needing to forgive somebody, then yes, I think there is that expectation of you do forgive. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's this is incredibly important. I, I, these two verses are wow. I mean heavy so i don't even know that i gave it quite the the emphasis that it should have had yeah i think that
0: um the parable that you spoke about the one where the the guy's debts are forgiven and then he goes after the guy that owes him money quite ferociously is to me is a really good um, illustration of the heart of what these two verses are, are trying to say is that um there is an expectation for forgiveness. Um, but even then, even just saying to the extent that we forgive others, God will forgive us just sounds so not right. Right. Like, every, like, I want to say that, but I'm like, that just doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Um, but, you know, reading this, these two verses, I don't know if it's one of those, he's speaking in hyperbole to get your attention like he does so often. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I'm kind of, like I said, I was going to blatantly disagree with you, but then you (laughs) you said what you said. And now I'm, I'm kind of befuddled.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I think because, because the other thing I want to say is, is, I mean, these verses are the first two things that he sort of reiterates after just giving us the Lord's prayer. And while I believe everything that Jesus said is important, there's this element of, okay, he's just given us the Lord prayer. He's told us about forgiving our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And then the next two verses after the Lord's prayer, he's like, oh yeah, let me just remind you, you need to freak. So, so there's a lot of weight here to what I, at least in my opinion, yeah. of, of what he is saying of, I'm going to reiterate this one more time to you. And, and so, yeah, I, I guess I, I do believe there is that element of um, an expectation of, and maybe that's the condition of, you know, if you are truly saved and truly are living a life of uh, redemption, then you, sh- you should be able to forgive others. Um, but, uh, again, I just think you... It, it, it's that fine line of, okay, now that I'm tying this to my salvation of, well, if I don't do this, then do I suddenly lose Mm -hmm. my salvation? Or is it, I'm really, that's the condition of, of my heart of being saved that I find myself there. Uh, but I definitely know. And even in that, what, what does it mean to truly forgive? Because I know I've prayed the prayer or said, God, I forgive this person, but I feel, I still feel, that grudge whatever it's called towards that person where i kind of i question myself going well did i really forgive them like being able to say it is one thing and then feeling like in my heart that's what i truly am is a totally different thing mm-hmm. so yeah i i i guess i'm with you in that um <laughs> you don't want to be glib in your answer to this or your response to this and it's not a, a trite just quick little this is what this is i think this is one of those things that um personally uh i know i gave an answer but i definitely am wrestling with it as a whole and um even asking god to reveal to me who have i not forgiven uh, that's such a ooh! That's a dangerous prayer to pray too. Of just going, God, who is the unforgive? Like, like I even is it the words come out of my mouth? I'm like going, okay, God, only what I can handle. I know you, know you <laughs> I know you don't give me more than what I can't handle, but um, do I really want to know uh, the evil that is in my heart? So,
0: yeah, I think in in what you just said there, the evil that's in my heart. I think. That the, one of the reasons he emphasizes forgiveness so much is that it, it is a matter of the heart mm-hmm. um, it's not uh, it's not a flippant thing or an easy thing it's a it's representative of your heart and and uh, you know what you believe to be you know good and right in the world um, and so you know perhaps that is the reason why he right after the lord's prayer reminds us again about forgiveness um so yeah it's just i feel like we didn't do justice to these verses dave i just i don't want to say something that's that i know (laughs) well something that i know is wrong or something that i'm not like convinced of i just i find it I think it's safe to say this that that as christians like you said already it it is important for us to forgive other people uh it is it should be our baseline it's just forgiveness Mm -hmm. um and if that's the case then i guess these verses really shouldn't bother us that much because if if our baseline is just to forgive other people then we don't have to worry about not forgiving other people and what that might mean I don't know. That feels like a cop out, but I think it's accurate. I mean, if if we're if we're forgiving people, as God calls us to, then it doesn't really matter what happens when we don't forgive people because we will forgive people. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, and and again, I, I guess that's just sort of the. Um, I don't think that's something that again. You'd already mentioned that if I forgive, well, then I am forgiven. I definitely don't think that's the case, but I do believe that there is that element of this should be one of those. This is the, this is evidence of who you are and what God is doing in your life. So, yeah, I think it's a big part of who we are and demonstrates, um, you know, kind of the fruits of the spirit of, if, if we are living this life, then this is who we are. And, uh, the, the parable that we were talking about was Matthew 18. And it's, it's actually interesting to, to read the end of that because 1834 says, uh, And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So his debt was forgiven. The king who had forgiven his debt um, delivered him to the jailers. 35 says, So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So this is clearly a serious thing. very serious thing um, that um, I, I think we should all just be convicted by of do I do I wait my own forgiveness based on how I forgive others And my guess would be is if we all take a genuine look at that and took it very seriously of wow there's clearly a, clearly a correlation between the two then, I probably should be a lot quicker to forgive others and I probably should figure out who I haven't forgiven, uh, that I need to forgive and not to get too much on a, um, political platform or social justice platform. But, um, again, what we talk about here impacts my personal life and being a law enforcement officer. I I view it through that lens. And I think much of what is going on in our world today with just unrest, um, Amongst law enforcement and in some of the communities that they serve, uh, in many many ways can be boiled down to for forgiveness. Um, I just don't see a whole lot of forgiveness on either side, and um, I would just wonder what an impact that could have if somebody would finally just say, "I'm going to forgive. I, I don't. I don't need my. Um, I don't need." worldly justice i don't need to be made right uh here on earth i'm just going to forgive and not hold that grudge and not be like i'm the right and you're in the wrong and you know really for that matter i i wonder even in our justice system as a whole when we put people in jail when arrests are made prosecution happens is forgiveness very much a part of of what that whole thing is, is yeah, I, I don't think it is. And I think that's sorely missing. Uh, forgiveness goes such a long way to healing, central to healing. And um, I think we're seeing it boil over right now because nobody's willing to be the one to forgive, to, to put themselves out there.
0: Oh, well, and there's an overwhelming um, feeling, um, an overwhelming you know, a good feeling that I know my rights. I want justice. Like it's a very selfish view of the law, and I was wronged, and I want justice, and I want vengeance, and I, and, you know, and it's all about that person. And you're never gonna find forgiveness in a selfish situation. No, you know, and so a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, when they they want justice, just they they want for for them, and they want sounded better in my head but you get my point like the the lack of forgiveness in that situation or any you know situation involving court systems and trials and and that sort of stuff um it's not surprising that there would be right
1: but i but i even think from for people that are working in law enforcement Mm -hmm. i think there's an element of we need to forgive too and i think so often we have a you broke the law you're a criminal You're, you know, whatever term you want to throw in there and your justice is being served by the fact that you're in jail or or whatever. And uh, I just think there needs to be more forgiveness, even on that side of just, um, I don't, you know, you did what you did. You served your consequences and um, you're forgiven for that. Um, Because I think if... Many of us had been raised in similar situations or had similar uh, environmental factors growing up. We may find ourselves in very similar situations. And I just, I think it's, um, well, like I'll just go back to my original statement. I think on both sides, forgiveness needs to be more prevalent than what it is Mm In our society as a whole, but I see this in particular in my job with the criminal justice system. So, hmm. See,
0: what Jesus says does matter today. It does Dave. matter
1: today. All right. I know he's challenged me time and again with this, that what we discuss here. There's
0: <laughs> not a whole lot of forgiveness in the banking industry, <laughs> they want every penny everybody well
1: and I even think it's one of the things that I I ran across in one of the later Dallas Willard's books of just business ethics you know a class on business ethics doesn't teach forgiveness Mm -hmm. that is not one of the things that is core to business ethics but yet is it important does it play a central role probably definitely yeah but it's not taught it's not held up as one of those be a forgiver and you will be successful in business
0: all right, well, I think that's a good spot to end this week. All right. All right, so that was episode 15. Thank you so much for listening. Truly, honestly, thank you so much. We're glad that you're here and thanks for supporting the show. Um, I suppose one last quote before we go from, uh, again, from Mark D. Martin Lloyd Jones. Um, about the Lord's Prayer. The sum of it all is that ultimately there is nothing in the whole realm of Scripture which so plainly shows us our entire dependence upon God as does this prayer. And I think that's just a great reminder to end the show on that um, we do depend on God for everything and we should never forget that. Amen. So, we will see you guys next time. Remember, 2 o'clock, Sunday, May 24th, 2015.
1: We will be doing... Periscope. Periscope. Which is part of Twitter. Twitter owns Periscope, yes. And it's an app that you can have on your phone, too. Mm -hmm. So if you're so inclined to go check that out beforehand, yes, that would be great.
0: All right. Well, we hope to see you there. Be good. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. (laughs) Okay. I don't know why I get the giggles. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, You always see them when they do the cutouts on the... The TV shows, the blooper reels at the end when people get the giggles and then they can't, they can't talk. So,
0: (sighs) okay.